This is Channel 253. In this episode of Interchangeable White Ladies. We struggle to hold the truths of others because we have so rarely had the experience of having our own truths held. Mm. If we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. Interchangeable White Ladies podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We We fly fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two, interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Megan. Today we are going to be discussing the third hashtag read less basic book club book. Get excited. Um, So today we are discussing The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. And today we are actually joined by two wonderful guests, the first being Janice Bridges. Janice is a mom of four of the best people in the world and grandma to four amazing boys. She lives in Tacoma and loves it. She is retired after working nearly 20 years at Pierce County Juvenile Court, and she is also running for Pierce County Sheriff. Um, If you want to learn more about that, find some more details on um, Facebook. We also have, welcome Janice, Um, we also have Christina McDade with us, and Christina's from Gary, Indiana. She's been working on behalf of teens most of her professional career. She's currently a high school counselor in Abu Dhabi, and like most of us, has been caught up in the diet culture uh, most of her life, which we'll talk a lot about today, I think. Um, She's also a guest on the Nerd Farm Podcast, episode 90, on representation and making space for black women in the workplace. Welcome, Christina. Um, well, I guess let's just start by doing like a quick breakdown of the book. We've got a bunch of questions and just kind of see where our conversation goes today. Um, I think for some listeners who don't really have much context of the book, one thing I, I found quite interesting is just that this book started out as a conversation, much like any text, actually. Uh, it started out by a conversation by the author and a good friend of hers. And then that evolved into writing a poem. And then that evolved into a Facebook post. And then that evolved into like a page and a series of people responding to that Facebook post and kind of this movement. And then right now it's currently a global digital media company, which I think is kind of amazing to unpack too, um, committed to cultivating radical self-love. Does that kind of recap what you all understand about this book? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I think let's just start with something simple. Um, what is, let's whip around and what is it that you felt while reading this book or maybe after reading this book? What's kind of your current, what are you sitting with? Um, so I started off reading the book and then I switched to the audible because I was mm-hmm. just reading too long and binge watching television shows. And um, <laughs> so I switched to the audible. And so it was her who was reading it. And so like you can get her passion behind the, the topic area. And it and it, it felt like it was coming from a, a very true place. And if you see the cover of the book, it's coming from a very true place. And as a as a fat woman who got used to saying the word fat maybe three years ago in description mm. of self, I, I thought this is kind of like right on par of the things that I've been kind of starting to lean into that this generation has been leaning into more on that whole level of like radical self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. So there's highs and lows with it. Um, some yeah. of it was a little too preaching. Mm-hmm. Some of it like you could edit that out, you know, this yeah. is part of diet culture. You know these statistics, you know these stats. If you've been an activist in any kind of way, either in feminist rights or ableism and stuff like that, you know these stats. And so I was caught up in between like, okay, I know this, can I like move this along a little bit? And then, but then also just like the very clear practical tips of things that I can possibly incorporate into practice later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what, what do the rest of you all think? Um, I will... Uh, go it's it's a very challenging book for me because number one I'm old I'm 63 and I've been dealing with this my entire life you know started dieting when I was probably 14 and been cycling ever since my 90 year old mother Mm -hmm. same same story Mm -hmm. I talked to her a couple weeks ago and she's worried because she's getting a little muffin top um 
And so I really loved the part that I, I loved slash hated. I'll say that about <laughs> most of the things I say I liked about this book. Um, when she talks about how I need to love my body or not hate my body because me hating my body affects not only myself, but people around me that I mm. love. And I think, well, of course, the whole chain of events, my mother's relationship to her body is passed on to me that and I'm passing that on. I have three daughters. And mm -hmm. so to accept that we're part of the system of body shame, uh, it's I mean, it's great at this point. I'm, and I've thought of these things over the years, but to think of it right now, more uh, you know, intentionally, and also because I, I've been in the middle of a weight loss thing for the last eight months. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just challenging my whole life at this moment. So I love slash hated it. <laughs> Sounds like perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Janice on it completely, especially like during this COVID time where like, mm. I thought I was going to come out of COVID and this pandemic and like in the school year as like I was in my cocoon and now here I am this beautiful butterfly who's like <laughs> my clothes again <laughs> and that was not going going down and like I like I do appreciate although I wish she would have went into more on the mental health aspects yeah. of, of of acceptance and being radically accepting of who you are um and and like maybe that's some time for another book maybe but mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. um like you Janice like my I feel like my niece to 17 I'm 40 I'll be 42 in two weeks um my niece to 17 has a has opportunities to have a better healthier conversation around mm -hmm. body and mm -hmm. acceptance than I ever did and and that's thanks to things like this and like yeah. Instagram and stuff like that so but yeah we we mm -hmm. hurt ourselves and then it's a generational curse yeah mm -hmm. especially yeah. amongst women men do it too mm -hmm. but like mm -hmm. as women yeah and I think that that was one of my biggest takeaways from um from the book was that it's not just body positivity right like it is moving beyond body positivity which I think so mm -hmm. many of um so many people are now getting on board with just now, right? Like this movement around body positivity, but this idea that radical self-love is about um, how your relationship with your body impacts the people around you and the systems that we exist in, right? So that if people are striving for radical self-love, it's so much, it's so about so much more than just your relationship with yourself, Right. It's about the world that we exist and live in and how by everybody moving towards radical self-love, it can begin to change the systems of oppression that that kind of run our society. And, mm -hmm. and I think that that was a, a shift in my thinking right after reading the book. And I agree there were moments in it where I was like, I, I just kind of wanted it to get to the next or go dive a little bit deeper or. Um, like, like, I think that you, I hadn't quite put my finger on it, but when you said like the psychology behind it, right? Like, mm -hmm. what does that actually look like? And how do you actually do that? And why do we think the way that we think? I think that that's the part that was missing for me, but this idea that my relationship with my body is directly connected to the systems that we exist in is, mm -hmm. is a new idea that I'm now exploring more. Mm -hmm. I, I had some real cognitive dissonance when I was reading this book because I was listening to audiobook and I was on the beach in Bali um, <laughs> with some really beautiful friends and there I was like on the beach like listening to this book about you know accepting your body and radical <laughs> self-love and I was like yeah I totally agree with this and then I'm like why is my swimsuit fit this way like uh, 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 right and so I just kept having this like and I was like hope just get it together like what is your problem you believe in this like you are 38 years old like you should be over this by now and it was just so strange to kind of wrestle mm -hmm. with those pieces um and I just kept going back to that point she keeps saying radical self-love and I was like what the hell is radical self-love because clearly I'm not doing it if like I'm having these moments now um but Megan you kind of you kind of nailed it there I mean what is radical self-love for the re for everybody else it depends on the time of day for me <laughs> time of month time of day 
who I'm working with that day. You know, mm. <laughs> it's uh, true. It floats. <laughs> well, I I really appreciated, um, you know, thinking of it as uh, learning and learning a new language. Mm. You know, getting to know our inside voices, and it really goes along nicely with um, my current work in um, understanding uh, racism in my own mm. interior, and then bringing that out into the world. Because I do agree that we can't build anything in the world that we haven't built or are building in our lives. I don't think mm. we have to wait till we've got it down before we can do the work in the world. But I do appreciate listening to my thoughts uh, and adding the thoughts about um, my body mm. to sort of paying attention to thoughts about what I think about other bodies in this world. Mm. So um, it seems like I could use all, all the tools to battle, um, you know, body shaming, body hatred that I'm using to battle racism in myself mm. so and then bringing that out into the world so it, it seemed to be uh, I like the the uh, metaphor of learning a new language yeah the speaking still French, gonna think yeah. thoughts in your <laughs> yeah. old language mm-hmm. for sure and, and 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 I'd say that as a person like I totally agree with you because I, I think the language of growing up before when she gets into the idea that we didn't have this thought process in our heads growing up but oh, like at the key stage of transition that really kind of marks and tells you where you're going to go. Like you, Janice, I've been, since I was 14, I think I was on some kind of workout program, mm-hmm. diet, trying cabbage, yep. rice, whatever, you know. Ooh, that Dolly Park diet cabbage soup. It's what we called oh it back God. in the day. <laughs> the gas. You're like there's more like calories in <laughs> More calories to digest the cabbage than it is to like oh you eat or yeah, like the, whatever um, nonsense. Like this backwards. How many eating. posts are like the negative calorie foods? Like yes. yeah. celery yeah. apparently was a negative calorie food. Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. the fact that all four of us are like laughing and like, yeah, we know that. Like know the fact that, that all yeah. four of us are aware of it and know it is it's the, our native language. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you have not dropped out of Weight Watchers at least two or three times in your life. <laughs> Have you ever? Hey, hands, hands, hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like that, and that does become part of our language. And mm-hmm. and like, I've had moments in my life where I had very clear glimmers of just being accepting of who I was and who I supposed to be, no matter where I was at. Mm-hmm. But those are also in direct relation to where placing the value on my work. Placing the mm. value of the people who were around me at that time, but as soon as one of those things are not balanced, you go back to the self-critical part. Well, for me anyway, I went back. To, I'll go back to the thing that I hate the most, which is my body, mm. or the thing that I haven't accepted fully, which is my body. You know, mm-hmm. and that's why I like seriously. Like some days, I feel like I look in the mirror. I was like, "Girl, you look good. Like yeah. you look amazing." <laughs> And then some days I don't even want to get out of bed, depending on what that day looks like. And and that's why, like, when I have the opportunity to talk to kids and they're going through similar issues, whatever, that's where that mental health piece was. I was really hoping to get a little bit more of that. But I also get that that's not her framework of working. But that's where I think all the time is like Mm -hmm. all of us know the tools all of us knows what we need to do to accept who we are, but it's the thing in our brain that we need to work on to get to that place. And some of these pillars and some of the tools that she gave were really great, but also what are the other things, the structures in your life to allow yourself mm-hmm. to go there mm-hmm. within those pillars? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the part that was missing for me. I think, um, I, I had I read this book uh, more than a year ago, I would have had a really different relationship with it in where Janice says like it kind of the timing that she read this, it was Mm -hmm. um, serendipitous. And so actually, and hope knows this. So a year ago today, I was actually going into surgery um, where I was having a tumor removed and I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer um, at 30. And this last year, my relationship with my body has completely morphed and changed. And there were moments in the book where I, I had 
like I wanted to completely reject what she was saying. And I realized like, I never would have thought about that or, or I would have been so consumed with, um, the appearance of my body. And I realized in the last year, the relationship with my body has turned contentious more about like what my body isn't doing for me and, um, and how my body betrayed me. And there's a moment in the book where she talks about that. And I think like, I wanted selfishly, I wanted her to dig deeper and dive deeper into that of like beyond just the outward appearance of our body. What is our relationship? I think she talked about it like the car, like, are you checking in with your car? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. sometimes you, th- like, sometimes you think about your car and the maintenance that it needs. And then other days you just get up and you get into it and you go and the damage that that does. And that it like really resonated with me of checking in with your body and caring for your body and knowing what your body is telling you and how often we don't have that conversation as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's- yeah. You're not a car and you're not replaceable and you're not disposable. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're not disposable. Yeah. 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 You're not disposable. Right. Like if you break down, you can't just get a new one, which like there were many times this year where I wanted to. And then like also the, the really messed up part that also hit me was that when I was first diagnosed, I, it, so I had, Um, the surgery has left me with a massive scar on my stomach. Right. And my stomach doesn't look the same. And my, one of my most significant concerns when this happened was, Oh, my stomach is going to look weird. And then, Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose all of my hair. And those were two things that like, I couldn't get out of my brain and reading this book. I, I think I fully like stepped into realizing how absolutely damaging that is that we exist in a society Mm -hmm. where somebody that is diagnosed with cancer is worried about physical appearance Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. like, or at least at all. Like I was like, right. Like it was, it's a fascinating, it was a fascinating like read for me in this moment in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's so many directions I feel like we could like keep tugging on. So um, I guess I guess I'm I'm wondering, you know, other things that people were wrestling with or things that resonated. I know for me, like her talk around um, her talk around like capitalism and relationship to the body and body shaming and beauty standards, um, which I can't help thinking about even Megan as you're sharing. Just like what have we been sold about? what Mm -hmm. beauty looks like what have we been sold about people not accepting us if we have a certain shape of a body or if we don't fit into a certain size or if we have scars and I'm I'm curious how other people um, took those pieces or if there was something else that stood out around those ideas or maybe even another idea I'm trying to find it it was in relation to that but but she was talking about how how we question our bodies and not how things are made Hmm. um and like I went straight back to one of the things that I, I always have issues about is getting on the airplane and the seatbelt with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, on some airplanes, the seatbelt fits perfectly fine. And on other airplanes and, and some other seats, the seatbelt doesn't. Mm-hmm. And like the level of shame that goes with that. And it's and like you blame yourself, but you're not mm-hmm. blaming like the airline. Mm-hmm. It could be the same exact airline, but a different plane or a different seat in mm-hmm. a different section determines your worth, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I can't find it in here. I highlighted it, but I cannot seem to find it right and now. We but feel she's, like she's we should apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I carry my own. Mm-hmm. I don't even mm-hmm. ask. And so I hate it when I get on the plane. I, I can't use mine because <laughs> that mm-hmm. means I have to ask. So that was a whole nother conversation because mm-hmm. where is it? And they don't know. And da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and and then, it, you know, it goes into you shame yourself. And mm-hmm. like, instead of like saying, oh, that. oh yeah. sorry, excuse me. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's see what's ending, you know, get that to me. Um, and, and, and that when, she, when that was when she said that, oh, my gosh, I cannot seem to find it but I was like why why are we blaming ourselves we are trained to blame mm-hmm. our, blame ourselves mm-hmm. for and not yeah. blame the systems that cause mm-hmm. that to happen you yeah. know mm-hmm. right the the need to apologize for this like for the, our existence 
Yeah. I think like when she was talking about that, the need to apologize. Right. And like the shame that we carry around our bodies, um, that was created by the systems we exist in, but we constantly feel like we have to apologize to the system that we exist in for taking up space and like not shrinking ourselves to make other people feel comfortable. Like, um, yeah, I, I think that that the system has created the shame and then we carry that burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I appreciated um, just the, the memories that the exercises brought up in me. And again, mm-hmm. that's a appreciated slash hated, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, like how have I harmed other people? And I mean, back in the day when I was a church lady and had a, Bible study group, I created a whole curriculum for Christian women's weight loss. And it was really a terrorist curriculum. It really was, now that I think of it. It was horrible, shame-based, sin-based awfulness. And I feel like I should go back and just apologize to each of those women, Mm -hmm. but I don't know who they are anymore, so I can apologize to myself and other women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of me wants to ask you more questions about that. Like, what, really... what, what was in this curriculum that you made? Um, it was just about really policing your thoughts mm. to the nth degree. It was based on confession. And every time you had a desire for food, uh, your desire was really for the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So mm-hmm. if you took food instead of that, you were rejecting God and committing sin against the, you know, it was. Yeah, intense. yeah. Yeah. Intense. Yeah, there we go. Shame <laughs> bell. Shame I bell. Like there's like <laughs> 17 things you've already said that that shame bell. Thanks, Doug, for throwing that out there. Yeah. yeah. But, but the thing I liked in the toolkit, particularly because it's antithetical to my way of being, is uh, finding a community mm. and asking for help. And, you know, I'm I'm a helper. I'm a mom. I was in a helping profession, social work. Mm-hmm. And so I just am not comfortable asking for help. You know, I don't need yeah. it. I can take care of myself. I've got everything I need. I have, compared to the rest of the world, I have zero needs. I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think at 63, I could maybe start to get over that shit and ask for help once in a while. <laughs> I think you're preaching the choir here in terms of all of us in these helping professions. Like Uh "Mm, we're just nodding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got the church hand up. Yes. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But I think what's like when you said that, it's like, so having community talking about it, finding solidarity in it is so crucial. But then when we all feel shame about it, it's, it takes so much more to reach out and like ask people for help because we're taught to be shameful and it's a secret. And this, Mm. this, you know, the, the shame of your body and what you feel about it, you're taught to try and hide it away. Right. Like Mm. by purchasing all of these different things to like mask it from the world. Mm. But then it's like to then go out and talk about it with other people is like, it's unbelievably vulnerable. Yeah, and I think early, early, early on, the very maybe even in the uh, preface to the book, when she's talking about her friend and where her that uh, the body is not an apology first came out yeah. of her mouth, she talks about how um, when someone tells us their truth, our tendency is to go somewhere else because it's mm-hmm. too much to handle, mm-hmm. and. But if you can sit with that and, you know, just speak to that from your own truth. Um, and I'm looking for that as I'm talking. I'm sorry, but um, some. OK, here it goes. When we hear someone's truth and it strikes some deep part of our humanity, our own hidden shames, mm. it can be easy to recoil into silence. We struggle to hold the truths of others because we have so rarely had the experience of having our own truths held. Mm. If we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. Mm. So empathetic community, compassionate community, and people who can handle our <laughs> our stuff. Uh, that's a perfect spot. Actually, take a quick break, and then we'll come back. 
This is Doug Mackey, producer of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. This episode of Channel 253 is sponsored by Pacific Lutheran University. PLU is expanding its graduate program and creating more and more ways for you to continue your education. A master's from PLU can take your career to the next level, or it might just be the thing you need to pivot to something you've discovered you're passionate about later in life. The master's in kinesiology is a whole new graduate program, adding on to PLU's decades of experience with advanced degrees in nursing, education, fine arts, marketing, and more. Think about PLU as a sort of training ground for what comes next. Earn your spurs here and then ride your new master's degree into the sunset. Best of all, if you live in Tacoma, PLU is just down the street. That means there's no Seattle traffic between you and your degree. To request more information or attend an info session, visit plu.edu slash graduate. My thanks to PLU for their sponsorship of Channel 253. So welcome back. I, I think we have talked a lot about, I've heard us talk a lot about struggles and the dissonance that we've had, but I'm just curious what, when reading it, what would you say is the most difficult message or idea to accept while you were reading it that you struggled with the most? Okay, I'll, I'll go. I feel like I'm <laughs> talking too much, but um, no, it's good. Wow. I think because I've been on this uh, current uh, weight loss health thing that I kept thinking all the way through does this mean I'm gonna have to stop this does this mean or or I guess thinking do I need to really interrogate more deeply why I'm doing this um why I'm still doing this um so yeah just I have a whole mess of thoughts that I have not unpacked or untangled around uh why at every mention of loving my body it's like but but I'm I'm getting it to a place where I can love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so just yeah so I still have so much of I mean 63 years of indoctrination that Mm -hmm. like well yes these are great ideas and pretty soon my body will be something I can love but that's Mm -hmm. never happened before so Mm -hmm. (laughs) why would it happen Mm -hmm. this time Mm -hmm. so yeah that's a big mess for me right now yeah, it's like this arrival, this mysterious arrival point way out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something I was wrestling a lot with, too. Like, on the one hand, I was like, yeah, you know, preach it. I agree. You know, everybody, empowerment, all that stuff. And then I'd, like, turn over on, on the sunbed and be like, why don't I accept my own issues right now? Mm-hmm. Or, like, I just having to reconcile that I think was really hard. Um, and thinking about my role as a teacher with teens, like, one of the things I've been, I've tried really hard to do in my professional life is to not talk about that in a negative mm-hmm. way in front of students. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when a student says something about food, I just talk about healthy food, right? Like, um, you know, we j- make jokes about eating Cheetos and, and say, you know, what else are you going to eat, right? Like, let's talk about feeding our bodies healthily. Or when a kid, mm-hmm. and it's usually girl, women, right, girls who are, you know, this doesn't look right or this doesn't look right. And then and trying to figure out like, how to dress my body professionally for the classroom too, right? And so like, what does that mean in terms of how tight of clothes I can wear, what I shouldn't be wearing in class, and then also just making sure I feel confident or faking it. And so there's a lot of faking it. <laughs> and as I was listening to this book, I was like, man, there's a lot of this faking it that I've done. And I I don't know how to um, get to the point where, I think you, several of you have mentioned it, like the ebb and flow of where sometimes we really believe what, we, what we're saying in that moment. Yeah. You're like, I do look good. This is professional. Like I'm strong, whatever, whatever. And right. other moments where you're like, I need to be at some mystical place out in the future that I will never have never been at and will never be at. Yes. So then why? That's not that's not yeah. real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that all goes with like the whole thought behind the making peace with your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the act of revolution of what it is. Right. You know, just making that peace. And again, like at times like, like you, when you're when I'm seeing kids. Um, on the counseling standpoint, the, you know, the first thing, like, I noticed sometimes with some kids is, like, the amount of weight that they might have lost and how soon it was. And mm-hmm. then, like, I, I question now, is this because of an issue or is this because they wanted to? Or yeah. and, and I do go through that, like, conversation ahead. I don't want to give them any issues behind how they look because I think they're beautiful mm-hmm. either way. But also, is this like a sign that there's something going on, mm. whatever? And like, 
being patient enough to wait to see where that conversation may go, if they Mm -hmm. allow it to go there. Um, But even with that, you're going through that whole, that whole like transference of your own issues of like, are you reflecting back on them, what they need for someone to say and see and do um, with them. And, and again, there are days where like there, there are even months where like, don't care what people think mm-hmm. I am accepting of who I am. That's why like, I like wearing colors and I like, you know, mm-hmm. just being loud with who I, who <laughs> I am. And mm-hmm. at other times we're like, it, it, it kind of goes into the whole situational of um, just life itself mm-hmm. that adds into the whole, how we see our body at that moment, at that time. How can you stay with the revolution if the revolution is also like mm. that you're working is exhausting and you're mm-hmm. tired and like you're questioning other aspects of self, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where is it? So it's living, making peace with your body is, a, is your mighty act of revolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is your contribution to a change planet where we might all live unapologetically mm-hmm. in the bodies we have. Mm-hmm. But how can you live in the bodies that you have if, like, if your other situations also other acts of like strife and stress and change? How can you have your self revolution if everything else there's so many other things happening around you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why we need the community and to ask mm-hmm. for help? I that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Instagram has been awesome this summer, so. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, yeah, we'll actually give you ask you to give some recs in, in a few minutes here. Uh, one thing I, I you kind of brought it up now, but um, I was thinking a little bit about some of the we would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the intersectional things that are in the book or just the ways that yeah. we're thinking about it. Um, we try to do that a lot on the show. Uh, so I was wondering, you know, what do you all think about the way that the book not only addresses um, body issues or body shaming, but also thinking about sexuality, also thinking about um, other kinds of privilege that exist. And I mean, we've kind of talked around that, but I'm curious mm-hmm. if anyone can speak to that a little bit more. And I'd also love to hear, Janice, more what you're thinking around um, how you felt like the tools here talking about uh, self-love and radical self-love also overlap with anti-racism work. So whoever feels like jumping in on that really long question. <laughs> I, I thought about, cause I, um, I had a very close friend who transitioned um, after we left um, mm-hmm. college. And one of the things that they were very fearful about after 9-11 was flying. And when she talked in the book about how she got pulled over and how she's pretty much like sexually assaulted <laughs> while doing her pat down and how that, how that may feel for, um, trans uh, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and then they fly how that is just an attack to their body and how it mm-hmm. limits them as well on mm-hmm. that freedom of how can you have a revolution in your body again when all the other systems won't allow you to do that you know and, and accept who you are and I thought I immediately thought that to my friend who and we had a very long conversation about their first trip abroad after like eight years after their um, full transition and mm-hmm. that was their nervous Thing. not the not being bombed or anything like that but getting pulled over yeah being felt up being questioned about who they were mm-hmm. and um and I, I I originally I really do wish and again this is probably because where she's coming from of her of being a woman uh, of being a fat black woman um that's her viewpoint through most of this book but like on the points when she touched on those other issues like men having issues with body acceptance now mm-hmm. and like um how you don't understand if you're never a person who had to deal with navigating venues and things um and uh and are definitely abled if you don't think about those things those are things that people other people have to think about too she mm-hmm. touched on those things but i wish i wish there was more even more touching of that than mm-hmm. and less mm-hmm. of the preachy statistics mm-hmm. part of that you know, I think that's what I'm going to answer. Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious curious if any of you have uh, employed the tools from the toolkit or already were doing some of those things or plan on trying them. What's Can you recap some of them for us just for (laughs) listeners and then we can kind of talk about them? Uh, Sure. We've got um, the, so dump the junk, 
getting rid of media messages, having a media fast, maybe uh, curb body bad mouthing. I uh, hope it sounds like you do that. Really watch what you say when you're in front of kids and and yourself, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to, um, although Nate will test to like how much I do that in the privacy of my own home. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not doing it that much. And he's like, OK, OK, yeah. sure you aren't. Um, yeah, language. I think yeah. were there other ones you were going to mention? Um, I was just going to leap to the, um, I guess it was before that started, but how there was a reflection on, uh, I think it was page 79, and back to what I mentioned about learning new language, it's mm -hmm. sort of the same process as unlearning um, in the racism realm. Mm -hmm. And she brought in implicit bias in that too. Yeah. So we have implicit yeah. bias about bodies. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where the intersectionality comes into all kinds. Everyone has a body and we all have mm -hmm. biases about which bodies are wrong. Yep. And so without doing that intentional free dive into the ways I adhere to body shame ideas in myself and others, um, mm -hmm. I'll continue to, like she says, speak French. So mm -hmm. I have to be intentional in diving deep into my own uh, thoughts that just are reflexive. They just come mm -hmm. out. Notice them, think about why they're there. And then like, she, I love how she says, you can just lovingly say, thank you for sharing and let it go. <laughs> Don't shame yourself for having those thoughts. Just notice, thank you for sharing. You yeah. are used to yes. And I think one of the most powerful moments, like what hit me, I actually, so I listened to it on audiobook as well. And I stopped the audiobook, and it was, you are not your thoughts. Yes. Yeah. And that, that quote like hit me because my thoughts and I have anxiety. And so like, man, my brain doesn't stop. And I'm just like constantly questioning everything and like diving in. And it's like a dark place sometimes, right? When my anxiety really rises and it's like, how liberating is it to yeah. acknowledge that you are not your thoughts? When I look mm -hmm. in the mirror on some days and I'm like, oh my God, I don't like, oh, I'm too fat or, oh, my, my stomach now is like, you know, it, it doesn't look right. And that's like a word that I'm trying to like get away from is like, it doesn't look right is the way that I've been describing my body for the last year. And it's like, so, cause what is right? Um, but it just, yeah. <laughs> but just to be able, it was so liberating to be able to like, let go of, oh, those thoughts aren't me. Like my thoughts mm -hmm. don't define me, right? They're, they're so impacted and shaped by the systems and society and capitalism that we mm. exist in and it was just a very liberating moment for me when I was reading it or listening to it of like just hearing those words and being able to let go and yeah. not yeah. own my thoughts and not internalize my thoughts and like you said like where she said just like acknowledge it <laughs> and then say no thanks not for me like <laughs> I'll, I'll let that go and it's so amazing how like I do that with with kids all the time right. but as, mm -hmm. adults, I can't, as an adult I have the hardest time doing it for self and mm -hmm. it, it goes into that whole pouring into we pour in so much to the people that we serve and we work with but mm -hmm. she also talked about a lot of this radical self-love is also pouring all of that into yourself mm -hmm. yeah you know? and and like it, you know it, it was like something that you know at, at certain times you do need to remind yourself of that um, I want to go back to some of her tools though. And one yeah. of the tools that I have is that be in movement part. Mm. I've embraced that so much this summer. Um, and cause I started doing this whole like body groove thing and it's not about any weight loss or anything. It's just like mm. dancing in your house mm. and like mm. being well with the music. And I do that a little bit on my own in my kitchen, but like to kind of <laughs> do it freely for like, you know, this amount of time and like, there's so much freedom when you hit the dance floor if you really yeah. are dancing with no one as if no one's watching and being like that little kid and that liberating mm -hmm. piece of being in movement with your body and that and that's showing love to your body no matter where you what size you are it's like oh like oh i'm doing that yay i'm doing something mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. that was like I, a tool of like oh yeah i can do that mm -hmm. yeah i love that too christina and i can mm -hmm. tell you for about the last probably 15 years uh, taking dance lessons has been on my New Year's resolution list. <laughs> have have I done it? Years? 
And now I can't go anywhere to get dance lessons, but I was thinking, <laughs> oh, I should just do some online online uh, tutorials because, you know, I loved dancing when I was younger and I just stopped mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yes, I'm with you on that one. Our yeah. bodies want to move. Mm-hmm. Our bodies want to move. Mm-hmm. A fun little tip. If you ever need anything, just throw on like the cha-cha slide. And there you go. <laughs> It's true. So true. Get some, um, movement, get some dancing in. <laughs> no, we have hinted around uh, critiques of the book, like in terms of things we wish were different. Is there anything else um, y'all are kind of thinking about? I uh, had a friend who read it and said it feels like an extended TED talk and they were wishing that it was just like a little bit shorter or like um, broken up a little bit differently. I, that was one critique I heard. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? There's definitely parts where I'm skipping Go through. Go ahead, Christina. Sure. No, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I was. I wanted to get more sure. into the tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, if, if, I think if there was more time spent on the tools and breaking those out within the stories, that would have yep. been great. Um, that was like one huge critique I had um, mm-hmm. for sure, and it was super preachy at some points. Like, <laughs> like, and maybe because I was listening to it, I, I eventually was listening to it because I couldn't read it anymore because it was preachy when I was reading it I was like okay I need to listen to this instead Mm -hmm. and it was still like very preachy I'm like okay all right let's get this keep this moving Mm -hmm. yeah there were times where I was when I was listening I moved it to like 1.25 and (laughs) 1.5 like because even the way that she even read it it was yeah like kind of slid into like the preachy and the cadence of it where I wanted it to move more into yeah, the tools a lot sooner, right? Like how, do, how is this applicable? How do we, what do we do about it? Like, this is the why, but so like, so what now type of yeah. thing? Like that's, I got to that before she did. And I think that that was my, my want from the book. Yeah, me too, Megan. I, all through the book and my notebook, I was keeping notes in. I kept, I kept writing how. Okay, that's yeah. Wow. yeah. So if she could have just combined the tools with the pillars and the mm. piece, everything, yeah. just take it all there and go into the tool of each one. I think it might have been more cohesive. But um, I'm a little bit um, non-critical of Sonia Renee Taylor because she's one of my favorite teachers on uh, Instagram TV and Instagram Live, and I just have an unreasonable sort of love for her so (laughs) criticizing her (laughs) that's a perfect segue um who are you following what are some other people that you're listening to their stories or helping you in this journey so her instagram is amazing i I do recommend that for sure she always posts like videos that are really inspirational and challenging right yeah um one of the things one of the ones i like to follow uh, um, one is pretty big five and it's a dance. It's a plus size dance crew out of New York. And like all these women are, and, so, and some of the women have been dancing with Beyonce. They were in homecoming um, video thing that she did. And like seeing them dance and just live all their joy and dance and be sexy and heels and loving all of who they are, no matter what mm-hmm. size they were. I love that. It was like, I want to, dance with them one day um and then um there's so many other like great like little there's so many great things on instagram right now again and this is my niece turns me on to some of these things um but one that i also follow just because of the traveling aspect is fat girls traveling Mm. and um i have a t-shirt that says fat girls travel (laughs) that i swear like like really makes people uncomfortable and i (laughs) have so much joy when i wear it out in public it's great um but Seeing fat women travel the world and embrace all of who they are and, and not letting their size limit, uh, put limits mm-hmm. to where they go. That's the way I feel about travel. Um, and so I see their stories and their sharing. I was trying to go to their, they have a fat camp every year, but of course they have to cancel it this year due to uh-huh. the pandemic. But like the, the past two years at that fat camp was so much fun. And like, I was like, I want to go to that camp, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just seems like a, a, a space of being empowered and being loved and, and loving who you are. And again, being radical with, with acceptance of who you are, 
you know. So those are just two, but like I have like 38, 40. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> else? Months, you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I you can just, send them to me and I'll put them in the show notes too. Yeah, I just love um, Sonia Renee Taylor's Instagram. Uh, I also follow um, uh, Austin Channing Brown and Layla F. Saad, who are not particularly about um, body stuff, uh, more about just, um, you know, being good people in the world, anti racist. Layla Saad's thing is the good ancestor podcast and she also wrote um me and white supremacy so she's one of my primary teachers right now and also uh, just kind of in that vein kate shots um but i i really have not addressed body image stuff um head on until i read this book so i don't have a lot of great places but i think there's a lot of crossover in the uh work against uh, racism and the work against uh, body terrorism. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I love that you keep bringing us back to that, to that wording. Um, I started following Tess Holiday last year. Or I don't know how long ago. Um, she's a model. She's amazing. Um, I want to get it right. Body positive Panda. I believe she's out of the UK. Um, and so her stuff's amazing. Um, I started following some trans actresses out of New York from pose, honestly, and the stuff that they pose pose, haha from the show, just getting post. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. The stuff that they post is also really, um, it's that, that intersectional part, right? Like that brings up the sexuality that brings up orientation that brings up our place in the world that brings up race that brings up language actually quite a bit of their stuff as well and i i really find that um it helps me think about the world differently than i than i do without that um and then also jamila jamel has a really amazing podcast yeah. that is super yeah, I just intersectional oh my it. Yeah. gosh yeah yeah <laughs> she's so yeah she's so great and she's so um humble but the stuff the people she pulls in to have these conversations i, I find really rich and inspiring because they talk about the reality of it but then they're also like it's like, okay, what do we do from this place now? And she just so is like, so unapologetically in this space right now. Yeah. Just like, I love about her, right? She just, it is unapologetic in the way that she is attacking and interrogating the systems of oppression around bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I was going to recommend her as well. Yeah. I feel like Pat Mavill does that as well. Pat Mm -hmm. Mavill. Yeah. Yes. And 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 she does it with like a lot of style, a lot of style and grace, and then with her show Taste of Nation to mm-hmm. bringing all those issues together around the subject of food. Um, I think it's great, but yeah, Jamila has been on it, man. Mm-hmm. Like she has been on it, and mm-hmm. I watched her on Legendary this uh, binge watch that. That was awesome. Um, I haven't started it yet. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I I realized as I was reading this that I haven't really gone too deep into this world because being confronted with it makes me uncomfortable. Mm. You're here. (laughs) And so I have avoided really diving into like all the social medias and the, and everything. And I like, so quarantine has been great for my like regression into like TikTok, like that, I'm, like, that millennial on TikTok now that I like, I just watch um, and scroll. And so like, I like to tell people, I'm like, I'm on the like body positive, um, like TikTok, right. Where it's like, we're in that, like that first level of radical self-love of body positivity, Mm-hmm. But outside of that, like, I'm, I'm just now starting to dive into it because it forces me to interrogate things like myself in a way that has made me feel very uncomfortable um, and honestly has made me feel rather inadequate in my mm-hmm. own ability to do this work and myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's my um, homework for myself leaving this book is to lean into that and to it like into really question myself of why am I feeling uncomfortable right and and where is that um, like feeling of being uncomfortable coming from um and then leaning into that so I don't have a ton of recommendations yet but can say like I will be going and following all the things that have been recommended so far Mm -hmm. that's good 
Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Well, I, I, I appreciate all of you all actually for sharing um, the stuff you brought today and just and just kind of sharing those point of view. Some of the, some of the things that I think are uncomfortable to talk about, but also it's really important for us to, to share mm-hmm. them and to air them um, through this process as we grow. Uh, if people want to follow you on social media or get a hold of you in some other way, how can they do that? Uh, you can find me at, on Facebook at Mams for Sheriff. That's M-A-M-Z, <laughs> my that's other amazing. name in Tacoma. Or um, my Instagram is also Mams Bridges. Awesome. And why are you running for Sheriff, by the way? A little promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> because there were no good choices and my daughter Katie got angry about that and wrote me in and started a campaign for me and That's slowly so brought me around to agreeing with her it's <laughs> amazing I love it uh Christina how about you how do people follow you and you're also a writer so I, I would be I want to make sure we get that out there too yeah. Actually, and that's the that's the school year resolution. I my school year intentions, and um, that is to write more. Um, and I write about the intersection for me of being um, an expat um, black woman in a in a mostly white space <laughs> working mm-hmm. abroad. Um, and that you can follow me on Medium at uh, Miss um, C D McDade. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. I'm trying uh, well, to test my computer. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> that's okay. We see your nostrils now. It's fine. <laughs> um, our next IWL book club us. is going to be Freedom is a Struggle by Angela Davis. Ooh, and oh, if you oh. are not on the Angela Davis train yet, um, get on it. Uh, Where have yeah. you been? Uh, well, first <laughs> of all, yes, that's a exactly. real question. That's the real question. Uh-huh. And so we're super excited. Please grab a copy at your local bookstore or use something like Libro FM that supports your local bookstores. And of course, uh, if you can support uh, bookstores owned by black and brown people across the nation and really the world, realistically, but do your neighborhood first. Um, anybody else? Any other final thoughts? Miss you. Oh, thanks. I know it's already weird being back. Back, we haven't been back very long. Um, all right, well, thank you very much for coming on the show, everybody. And so, I guess we'll, yeah, we'll try our classic Yay. goodbye. All right, everybody, ready? One, two, three. Bye. 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 Oh my gosh. Bye. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. Understanding is not a prerequisite for honor, love, or respect. The Interchangeable White Ladies podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B-Team, We Art Tacoma, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.